This is the Fantasy Football Show with your host, Smitty. Top five running back. You're watching the Fantasy Football Show. I'm Smitty. What's going on, everybody? Thanks for joining me. This is another podcast that we are are doing here on the Green Room app, Spotify's Green Room app. Uh, if you aren't following me on Spotify Green Room, you need to do that. Go to the App Store uh, and download Green Room by Spotify and follow me. My name, my username is Fantasy Football. Uh, when you search for me, put in Fantasy Space Football. I'll pop right up. Follow me. That way you know when I go live, and you guys can definitely jump into these live uh, podcasts, basically. And these will then post on um, my Spotify and Apple Podcasts, every podcast platform that you get your podcast. This actual show will be a replayable on those platforms. And in this particular format, you guys can jump up on stage and ask a question, which is fantastic. And I let all my guys in my spotify green room exclusive chat it's kind of like an alert group um i'm gonna let everybody know when i'm live so they can jump in and fill up the audience and jump up on stage ask questions i'll rotate rotate people in and out it's gonna be a great way to not only provide replayable content for everybody that that misses it live but give you guys uh, an ability to interact with me so if you're listening to this on the replay definitely go to your app store on your phone, download the free app, Spotify Green Room. Green Room is all one word. And follow me, Fantasy Football. Search for me under People, Fantasy Space Football. And uh, we'll uh, go ahead and, uh, you know, talk some some Fantasy Football 2021, baby. So I've got Jeremy in the chat. I got, what's up? What's up? What's up, guys? appreciate you joining. T- Atari, I don't know if you want me to say your, how you say your name exactly, bro. Atari, Jeremy. Uh, Corey, appreciate you jumping in. And if you guys have any questions, ask below. I'll definitely pull you guys up too if you want to raise your hand if you have a question. I might send you back down after you ask the question to keep the podcast, you know, feel and format uh, good to go. I'm going to look at some news too while I have you guys here and, uh, you know, ready to post your questions. But Patrick Mahomes' toe surgery said he was able to do the things that I needed to do in OTAs. There was also a report uh, a couple weeks ago that said that if if there was a game or something, he'd be able to play. So don't worry about Mahomes and his toe. Uh, He's going to be much more protected in 2021. Patrick Mahomes is going to have maybe a 50 to 55 TD season. Like him and Josh Allen are on a whole other level. Justin Herbert has controversially been my number three quarterback. Three slash four. I, I go back and forth with Kyler and Herbert, but I'm super high in Herbert. You probably won't find a lot of analysts that have Herbert higher than I do. So Herbert's extremely high on my rankings. Number three is probably the highest you'll see him. Um, But Kyler and him rotate, so it's not like I I hate Kyler um, at that three or four spot. I don't. I love Zona. I'm I'm a Cardinal fan, but I'm an unbiased Cardinal fan. So I don't have to have Kyler in my top three like like any other Cardinal uh, Arizonian would have. Um, but Herbert to me is going to have a big year, but he's still a notch below Josh Allen and Mahomes. Um, so if anybody has questions about like going quarterback early, when you should take Mahomes, if you should take Mahomes, a lot of it does depend on flow of your draft, but I certainly do not stray away from an early Mahomes drafting, but I will say that based on the throne draft, based on a bunch of other drafts that we've done, I'd rather early draft Josh Allen right now than early draft Mahomes. Because Josh Allen is falling on the regular to like 4.8, 4.7, 4.6 at least. And to me, that is a better early early QB draft selection because of who you can get in the third round. The difference between the third and fourth round is really, really big. Big, big difference. And so for me, I love to, I love to grab Allen in round four. I don't think you'll see a draft where Allen falls past my fourth round pick if I've got anything close to 4.5, 4.6, or, or, or beyond. I don't think you'll see a single league where I let Josh Allen slip past me at that range. And while so many might say I never go early quarterback, that's fine. That's fine. Everybody's got their own way that they win, their strategy that works for them. Everybody is different. Don't follow someone's recipe that doesn't work for you. 
but for me, there's just not, there's no big name talents in the mid fourth to late fourth round that that stand out more than Josh Allen um, for their position. And so for me, I'd rather hit a, an absolute home run, just completely crush the pick, just completely get the most bang for my buck, potentially have the number one player at the position versus going with a, a I don't know, Gaskin or or you know someone of that range. I just would much rather take Josh Allen. And then, and also when you look at your team, like look at our throne team, when you look at our big four against anybody else's big four, and I know that that could fill in differently as people get quarterbacks like Aaron Rodgers in the, the eighth round, like we're, I think we're in the eighth round in the throne draft and A-Rod went and Russell Wilson went. And so these teams will fill in nicely later. And then I've got to, I've got to, you know, look at our team versus their team because now they got an A-Rod and that looks pretty good. But when you look at someone's big four versus someone uh, another team's big four, and they don't have Josh Allen, it just man, we just look so strong. Josh Allen, Alvin Kamara, Keenan Allen, and Justin Jefferson. And if you don't like Justin Jefferson, we took him at 2.09. We took him early. Throw DK in there. Like just use the process, not the player. We're all gonna have a little bit of a disagreement on what players rank, you know, rank here or there. But if if you if you imagine um, Clyde even. Clyde Edwards Alaire probably would fall to most people's third round in the fantasy football throne. That's not going to happen because nothing but running backs get taken in the first two rounds. It's every year. It's just the the group that we're drafting with, they're very running back heavy. And so this is a good example of a draft. If you want to review the entire drafting and, uh, and dra- uh, draft tracker, that's going to completely um, uh probably be representative of a, a draft where there's just nothing but quarterbacks going. Um, let me see if I can get, uh, I don't know if JP wants to jump up here. JP might've just jumped out. Um, JP, you can, I'm going to type this in the chat. JP, you can request in. Okay. Um, you guys have any questions? Uh, just raise your hand if you want to jump up again, this entire podcast will replay on my, um, on all my platforms and my audio platforms. So, uh, just know that you guys will be on the replay of this pod tomorrow or tonight, rather, I'll probably post it tonight. So be ready for tomorrow to review and listen again, if you want to check it out or you have to bail early. Um, this question here is from Corey PPR redraft ETN or Javonta Williams. It's a really good question. And ETN's probably the, the safer choice by most people's, uh, you know, most people are going to say ETN. I think Javonta Williams will be worth more. And I'm probably willing to draft Javonta Williams ahead of ETN at this point. I like both of them. I think they're both going to be really, really good. But I just kind of think Javonta Williams will get there quicker because James Robinson is not going away. And, and, and Urban Meyer definitely wants to run James Robinson a ton. So ETN is going to play a lot of wide receiver like, like Urban Meyer has been saying all offseason long. And I'm starting to believe him that he really will play a, a, a wider, almost a full-time wide receiver role with some rushing, of course. But I, I think Javonta Williams grabs a hold of that three down back, not just a lot of the work. He's a good pass protecting back, one of the best in this draft class. So that's going to be a huge leg up for, for a guy that they drafted number 35 overall and traded up from 40 to 35. Javonta Williams is Jonathan Taylor in 2021, in my opinion, I think this is a guy that wins leagues. I think the hype train gets so crazy that he climbs into the third round right now. You can get Javonta Williams in the, in the fifth round, but I think he climbs into the third round with just a little bit of news. JP, what do you think of, of Javonta Williams versus ETN? And what do you think of Javonta Williams period? I don't know if I've even talked to you about this one. No, I don't think we talked about this, but I don't think he's climbing in the third round. I don't think that's going to happen. But he is going to have a good year. I don't know if he's going to boom, but I think over ETN, definitely. Because ETN doesn't even look like he's going to be the running back. It looks like it's going to be Robinson and ETN is just going to be. I think they just drafted him because he played with Lawrence and they want to make Lawrence happy, and he's going to line up at wide receiver. I don't know if that's going to work out because you don't really want a guy that's been a running back all his life to go to wide receiver. That usually doesn't work out that well. 
Yeah, you know, it's weird because this is a weird situation with Urban Meyer to begin with. So if anything weird's going to happen, it's going to be under Urban Meyer's command. So I, it could, I could see, I could envision it happening. And I had Coach Hugh Jackson, former Browns coach, on my show uh, several weeks ago. I don't know how many, it could have been over a month ago now. And he said that, you know, he worked exclusively with uh, ETN um, in the offseason for about, I don't know, I think it was like over a month or two. It might have been three months. And he said that he's just an impressive individual and that he would be shocked because I said that he had comparables to Antonio Gibson and Alvin Kamara in terms of, of ceiling value. There's a lot of risk with Urban Meyer and how they've already talked about not using him at running back and, you know, at wide receiver. But I said, what are your thoughts on that comparison? And he said that he'd be absolutely shocked if he didn't become an Antonio Gibson-like player in the NFL or, you know, an Alvin Kamara-type player. So he's a little biased because he worked with him. So take that, you know, for what it is. But I think ETN's definitely got the appeal, the upside, the talent, the pass-catching ability. But you know what? Javonta Williams has every bit of it, too. And quietly, he has, I think, a really darn good situation because Melvin Gord is not a spring chicken. He's not going to stay healthy. And he's a volume guy that gets – I know he did well last year, yards per carry, but on, on the throughout the course of his career, he's – Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. It's been like a 3.9, 4.0 yard per carry guy that just gets fed a ton. And that's why he produces. Um, he's not happy. He didn't show up to OTAs. They traded up from 40 to 35, like I said, to get Javonta Williams. That tells you that they're so excited to get him. They, they weren't going to just take the next running back that fell to them. They wanted to go after him. Uh, there's always risk that a coach doesn't play a rookie. You know, it, it just, it's going to be there. That risk will be there. But the risk is what's making him a fifth-round pick. Like, people need to understand that the risk is good. We don't want the risk to, the risk to go away. We don't want tomorrow morning – a news report to break that says Javonta Williams is the clear starter and everybody goes, well, this is good, right? We wanted this. No, you don't. Because once that happens, he goes to just below Najee Harris, who is going in the mid second round right now. You'll have Javonta Williams piggybacking right off him, right at like 3.1, 3.2, 3.3, if not higher, because people love that kind of stuff. And, and ADPs move quickly off of big news like that. Everybody wants to be ahead of it and try and jump on it quick. Um, who's the better standard wide receiver, Adams, Ridley, or AJ Brown? Um, I'll let you answer this after I do JP. I want to get your take on it too. Um, and I appreciate you muting yourself right after you talk because the background noise can get crazy when people jump up here. So, uh, Adams, Ridley, AJ Brown, honestly, I mean, you you can't, as much as you want to like be cautious with Adams, once he falls to right above Ridley and A.J. Brown, you're at the, the the line where you need to stop dropping the dude. You know, that's like that's like 13 or 14 overall. And and that's where you're getting Adams at a steal. That's where you're – once, you know, some big contract extension like A-Rod signed some massive deal, he's staying in Green Bay. Once that drops, anybody that's been getting Adams at 12, 13, 14 overall is going to have just got a guy like – at half price because he could vault right up to seven, number six. That's where he was going last year. And nothing has changed in terms of his value. If a rod's there, he would be ranked in the exact same place he was last year, which is six, seven overall. Um, so it's gotta be Adams, even though you do drop him a little, but I still feel like a trade to Denver is like in the low teens in terms of percentage chance of happening. I still think he's staying in Green Bay. Whether he holds out, that's a whole other percentage that I can't really account for right now because there's a lot of guesswork that goes into that. So I could make up a number, but I don't feel like doing that. He could hold out. There's a significant chance he holds out. But I think it's a small, in the teen percent chance that he gets traded because Green Bay didn't trade him on draft day when they could have got draft capital for the moving on period that they're going to have from 
for life after Rodgers, and they would have taken advantage of that year one of the rookie draft capital, they'd have to be like taking a huge step back and saying, well, we screwed up. Let's trade him. And I just don't see him doing that. I see him being stubborn about that, holding on to him. This team almost, this team almost won, you know, took almost went to the Super Bowl and they had the NFL MVP. Like they're not just going to change directions because the guy's unhappy. They're going to want to give it another year, um, unless there's something that that went on that we don't know about that that comes out. Uh, JP, what do you think about uh, those wide receivers? So it was Adams, Ridley, and AJ Brown. I have Ridley ahead of AJ Brown right now because, ironically, the transition of Julio over to Tennessee affects AJ Brown slightly. But I, I still don't move AJ too much. But it makes Ridley's value go up, so it's like correlated. Uh, so for me, it's Adams, Ridley, AJ Brown. They're all pretty tight, and in a, in a vacuum, I'd rather trade down from the Adams pick. Let's say if he climbed to six or seven again, let's say A Rod news broke, he's staying in Green Bay, huge contract extension. Adams's value goes back up to six, seven overall. I'd rather have DK, AJ Brown, Ridley at 14, 15 and trade down to that spot and move my six rounder up to the third. Um, but I, how do you rank those, those three receivers? Number one and number two, uh, tell me what you think the odds are of a, a deal happening where a rod gets sent. Well, I got Adams number one by a decent margin because as soon as Rogers said, as soon as you get the report, Rogers reports to camp. Adams is a top six, five pick, even maybe. And then I would put AJ Brown just because I think the volume's going to be better because they don't got a defense. Atlanta doesn't either. I just like the touchdowns are going to be there more. It's a better offense. And then I'd put Ridley third, but they're like you could flip between them, flip a coin. And if Rodgers is going to get traded, I say 0%. I don't see it because I don't see anything any of these teams could offer them. What are you going to give them? A future first with a yeah, the, Super Bowl-ready team? Right. They, the, the, the teams that had the potential and firepower to do it felt like San Fran, the number three overall pick. You could, I, they may like love, but they could have got pits. If they believe in, if believed in love, they could go pits. They could go Jamar Chase. They could have figured out a way to make love successful if they wanted to keep love, or they could have replaced love. That was the opportunity is to trade for that number three overall pick. That package was probably designed for Watson or a rod, you know, that, 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 that package of picks and it, you know, a deal never ended up happening for for either one. Um, but yeah, I, I kind of think, you know, those wide receivers, we could go back and forth. Um, let's see. Corey says, redraft 2QB league. What round would you go Watson? I'm not drafting him. I mean, like, of course, at some point I draft Watson, but I don't know, man. I don't know. Uh, Corey, I'm going to add you. Um, just keep yourself on mute uh, until I, I uh, uh, ask you a question, if you don't mind. So just punch that mute button. Um, I'm going to go ahead and say that uh, – and I'm going to say, like, where you're drafting potential, like, guys that are almost bench-worthy, you know what I mean? Like, you're, you're, you're thinking about drafting guys like Tony Pollard and Sermon and those guys. Like, I, I'd almost rather have Sermon. I'd almost rather have a bunch of those guys over Watson because I don't think Watson's going to play. If he does play, if, let's say, all 20-plus of the cases settle in civil court, which would then make the criminal investigation completely collapse because it's dependent on the civil litigation and the claims inside the civil litigation. If the civil civil stuff settles, that means that there's no fault done and every single person will sign a admission that Watson did no wrong. The criminal stuff goes away. Even in that, that best case scenario right there that I just painted for you, because that's the best one. The league's still going to suspend him, I believe, for at least half of a season, at least because of the the bad light he put the NFL in and he admitted to doing a lot of things. He said consensual, but he still admitted to them, which are bad things, a bad look for the NFL, the way he went about his business. Um, so I, I don't know, man. Watson's a tough, like we're in the, in the throne league. Do we take Watson at some point? You know, like, I don't know, JP, where you take him in this draft, but like, if he fell to like double digit rounds, would, would you want to grab him as a backup quarterback that it's not a bad option when you get to a certain place, but 
that place is going to be different in every draft. Um, uh, Corey, did you have a, a question? Uh, yes, Mitty. First, I just want to say Happy Father's Day, and I uh, hope it was a good one. Um, yeah, quick question. So, Dynasty, full PPR. I made a trade. I had the third overall pick. I made a trade. I traded a 2022 first-round pick, two 2023 first-round picks, and 50 of my 200 fab dollars for the number four overall pick to pick Javante Williams. I got so much flack by my league mates saying I was sacrificing my future and all of this. And my, you know, reaction was Javante Williams will be part of my future. You know, I'm pairing him with Akers, J.K. Dobbins, and Saquon. My question is, would you have given up that much to get that fourth pick for Javante Williams? Say, say it again. It was a 2020... Uh, 2022 first and two 2023 firsts as well as 50 fab dollars. Yeah. I mean, see the problem with that, Corey, is you are buying high. You're buying high. Um, now the thing we don't know is where those draft picks are. If like they were all 10, 11, 12, maybe one of them was seven. Then it's not that crazy of a trade, but if one of those picks is a top three or four pick, um, then it could look bad because Javonta Williams thrown into that draft pool. If Javonta Williams, and I'm not saying I, I obviously love him. You know I love him. I've been talking him up. But if he can't rank in the top four in this draft class, um, there's still a chance, you know, in, even in a weaker draft class, though, but with maybe better running back options in the, in the future classes, uh, if, if you threw him into those draft classes, he probably still would struggle to get inside the top four or five. So just one single pick breaches that three, two, or one range, then you could argue that other side has an advantage until Javonta Williams is proven. The problem I have is, yeah, it's just the perceived value of everything you gave up, you could potentially have gotten a whole bunch more or a different player. You could have maybe got, you know, Najee Harris, who Javonta Williams could be better than him. I'm not saying he couldn't, but you could have probably got like a Clyde or, a, uh, you know, but giving up all that, that that perceived value because perception is reality and people view in some leagues picks to be you know gold so you also got to know that too i've got a league where i couldn't get rid of five first rounders for one guy inside the top 25 and i wasn't really ready prepared to to trade all of them to get a player but i was in win now mode the league felt like it was going to collapse it collapsed like i predicted so if i would have given up all five first rounders uh, because I acquired them through trading, you know, did a lot of off-season trading, and then I had five first-rounders. They were between 2022 and 2024. And, I don't know, I was six, six first-rounders. I offered somebody tentatively just to see if they would do it. Six first-rounders for any, like, I went down every single team for anybody in the top 24. And no, 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 nobody wanted first-rounders at all. And the league collapsed. Those first-rounders are worth nothing now. And so that's another component to it. Like if this league's going to last a while, Corey, or if you're not really sure, then, you know, trading first rounders isn't, isn't the worst thing to do. I just think you could have got more. You could have got him for less, I would say, or you could have got more for that trade because perceived value typically on three first rounders is going to be more than a guy that's not even ranking. And, you know, it's not his fault that he's not ranking there, but he, he, the, the truth is he's not ranking inside anybody's top four. You know what I mean? So you're giving up three first rounders for a guy that's cemented in the five, six, seven, or eight overall pick in a draft. You know what I mean? Yeah, totally, totally get that. My thing was, I'm just I'm built to win now, and I really wanted to try to just maximize what I had because, to be honest, you're bre- you're breaking I up there, Corey. Him. You know, he's more like that wait and see approach because my running backs. What's that? Oh, you're breaking up a little bit. But go ahead. Can you hear me? Yeah, we can hear oh, you. Oh, sorry, sorry. So I was just saying, he is basically my okay. my wait and see. We had to we had to bump um, Corey Dat back down to see. Uh, his connection was choppy there. Sorry, Corey. Um, 
your 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 connection was like really choppy, so I had to move you back down. Um, we'll try it back in a minute. Um, but just uh, to uh, JP, tell me what you think of that. That's a lot. Like you could have, you might have been able to get a player in the top ten. I've seen people trade four first rounders for like McCaffrey. So I just think, yeah, I get it. He's he's the guy you want, but you gotta gotta buy him at his ADP because if he yeah. If he busts, what if he's Keyshawn Vaughn? That's going to kill you. Yeah. Um, uh, Tariq, Tariq, do you, mind, do you mind if I say your name Tariq? Do I, or how am I saying How do I say that? Uh, let me know how you want me to pronounce it. Wide receiver class in this year's fantasy football, really, really deep in your opinion. Um, who is – oh, I already answered your question. Um, Adams just went 20th in your 10-team PPR. That's crazy, Corey. That's crazy. And uh, – yeah, so JP, I agree with you. I and and um, Corey, don't take that you know the wrong way. You know, we're just giving you our honest opinion. And I don't think you got like crazy, you know, blasted in that because I truly believe Javante Williams is going to make you look smart. I just think in the end, like this could be a thing where even if Javante Williams blows up and is a top you know 14 overall player, let's say heading into 2021, 2020, 2022. If he's a top 12, 14 overall player, like, like Jonathan Taylor is going seven, eight, nine, right? So if he's like right around where that is, like maybe 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, he's going right in that range. It's a really good running back. Cam Akers is going right around there, right? So that's how good I think Javonta Williams could be. Even so, like JP just said, you might be able to trade all those picks for Cam Akers, you know? So like he has to become Cam Akers good to earn what you paid is basically what it amounts to, which doesn't mean you're going to lose the trade. It just means you lo- you lost out on an opportunity to get a whole lot more or to get him for a whole lot less. Um, let's see. Hey, you know, I noticed some news here. I don't know if anybody feels this way. Remember Fulgham? Remember how good Fulgham looked to people at one point, JP? What was it? Uh, I'm talking about the, for a couple uh, Eagles, of games. the Eagles wide receiver. Um, uh, what's his first name? Tra- Travis Fulgham? What's yeah, Travis. Travis Fulgham. Like, Travis Fulgham was, for one small period of time, like, at some point last year, it was like, I don't know if it was a week four, week five, what, what week was that? Let me look at his game log and see where he blew up. But he had a, he had a really good, let's see, where was that at? It was week five. He had 10 catches for 152 and a touchdown. The week before that, in week four, he had 57 receptions for a, and a touchdown off two, or sorry, 57 receptions. Two receptions for 57 yards and a touchdown. Um, so that was week four. So week five, he had the 152 and a touchdown and 10 receptions. Week six, he had six receptions for 75 and a touchdown. The next week, he had five receptions for 73 yards. The week after that, in week eight, he had 78 for one. So that's 57, 152, 75, 73, 78 and a touchdown in every one of those one, two, three, four, five games, but one. And everybody was like, this is the next guy. <laughs> like, we have to go get him. We ha- Like, everyone was trading everything for him. He was top ten for the future in Dynasty. People were going nuts on this guy. And I'm like, wait a minute, like, slow your roll. I like him a little bit. but uh, So, anyway, he vanished, you know. But But there's a report that he's opening training camp in three wide receiver sets. He's an interesting dynasty guy because people probably dropped him or, you know, he might even be on, yeah, he might be on waivers. I don't know, but he's a, he's an interesting grab in a deep dynasty league. If you're like hurting really bad at the wide receiver position and he's sitting there, I don't know if anybody else feels that way. Um, JP, do you like uh, Fulgham at all? Not really because I like Devontae Smith so much. <laughs> that I don't think Fulgham's going to do everything. But Philly has done this, like, for the last three years where they have some weird guy, have a five-week span. I think one week it was, one um, year it was, like, Greg Ward. They yeah. just, I don't know how they do it, but it's just, like, a five-game stretch where the guy's, like, you're like, oh, my God, this is the next wide receiver, and then he vanishes. Yeah, he looks so good. Like, people are so excited about this guy. Um, other news and notes around the league. I talked about Mahomes. Nick Chubb said his agent has been in talks with the Browns about an extension. We'll see what happens with that. Um, I do worry about his knees. I bet the Browns also do, and that's why they have Kareem Hunt there. 
So I wonder if he, I wonder if there's any kind of, I don't know that anything's going to happen with that. Honestly, I, I, I could see it happening, but I could also see them like avoiding it and seeing what happens this year. Um, let's see if there's any other news and notes to go over. I talked about uh, Watson already. He's definitely a guy I stay clear from. Um, James Robinson, uh, Jaguars reporter, uh, John Shipley believes James Robinson will lead the Jaguars backfield and snaps in 2021. I don't think that that's a crazy uh, take. The, the only thing is he's not going to get the receiving, um, you know, re- receptions and, and PPR uh, goodness that we thought maybe could spill over before they ended up drafting ETN. Now it's like he's not going to at all. Now he's going to get less receptions than anybody was scared that he could end up having, like, you know, if he had the worst-case scenario play out before ETN. Now ETN is the worst-case scenario. So he's going to be, like, a guy that – he's going to be one of those players that in PPR versus non-PPR ranks very differently. There are very few players anymore that rank super high on non-PPR and then um, and then fall on PPR. It used to be the way that it was back in the day, but everybody's a PPR back, it seems. Um, and then guys like Henry and Chubb that aren't, they're st- still so good at – what they do on the ground that it doesn't truly matter too much. Um, but James Robinson, I think he's a steal in the right settings and environments and draft ranges, but he's also, he's hard to buy into. Like even when he's, when I'm on the clock and I'm, I'm in that Javonta Williams range, we took Javonta Williams, I believe over James Robinson or J Rob went right before him. Yeah. I think he might've went right before him, but you know, even there, that's a good spot, like right around those players, like Gaskin, James Robinson, Javonta Williams, like, uh, you know, any of those players, Jacobs, he's he's arguable right there. But it's so hard to buy into him because you feel like he's, you know, it's almost like he's uh, you know, damaged goods, you know, or you're buying, you know, a used car. Like it could be in great shape and it might do all these things that you needed to do for 10 years, but you're like, you're just so scared to, to get it because you know, it's got limitations or it's been beat up a little bit. Like, this is how he feels like I can't shake it. I can't seem to draft him, but he could probably have 11, 1200 yards and like eight touchdowns. And that's a darn. It's only a kick, a jump, a block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Good season. He could have that. Do you, what do you think about J-Rob? JP? I got the perfect metaphor. You're betting on a horse that can't win the race. So his upside is... So capped by Etn being there, new coach. I hate when a guy has a big year and they bring in a new coach. They draft a running back. Yeah, he might run wide receiver sets, but if he's if he blows up in camp like everybody says he can, he's slowly going to be taking over J. Rob's work. Yeah, Williams. I think you could. Here, here's the trick to drafting Robinson. If you're drafting with some people that are not really in the fantasy, and then they just seem to draft, oh, they took ETN. We're not going anywhere near Robinson. Then he falls to, like, round seven, and you can put him on your bench. That's when that's you a, take him. That's the part that's hard is because, like, who do you draft first? Sometimes J-Rob goes ahead of ETN. Sometimes ETN goes ahead of J-Rob. T- traditionally, I see ETN go ahead of J-Rob, but it didn't necessarily push him too much down in the throne draft that we have. Um, so, yeah, I mean, that's a good point, JP. Like, if you take ETN... You don't have to take J-Rob, but maybe the opportunity presents itself to you, and it's a deal. It, it's a it's a, a luxury to cuff the two together. Um, I do worry that it's not. A, I mean, I guess it. Okay, so if Etn goes down or something, then J-Rob goes back to being a top fourteen overall player. You know, so it, it is kind of a crafty move if 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 he does fall because you grabbed Etn. Um, but it's a tough. It's a tough pick. Here's a question from Corey. I pick in seven picks. If J-Rob is there, do I go J-Rob over Javonta or you said you just took ETN? Um, so Putting I think too this, much stock into that backfield. I, I probably would rather have Javonta Williams, to be honest, bro. Like, that's the exciting play. 
it's higher risk though. Like JP just said, if you own both J Rob and ETN, you're kind of safe. But what are you safe? Are you safe in like mediocre numbers? Like, are, are you locked into very mediocre numbers? Because that could be what you're doing. You're safe. You're making the safe play into, you know, this kind of like backfield that doesn't really, ex, you know, explode or, or produce even high end running back two numbers. It could. But I, I, I feel a little bit more like I want to stay away from ETN and J-Rob in redraft. I like ETN and Dynasty a lot, but I feel like I, I just find myself time and time again staying away from it. And Javonta Williams is a dice roll. Like, make sure you understand my stance on this, Corey. It is literally a high it's, – it's medium risk. It's medium risk, high ultra high reward. And I kind of talk about this two different ways because it is – the risk is baked in. I do say that a lot. And let me explain both sides. The risk is baked in because you're not having to buy Javonta Williams in a place where you're going to lose your league. And I think by default, he probably earns his value back. So that makes him the ultimate low risk, high reward player. But I think the way that we're all going to draft him, which is as our crafty, sneaky, good running back too, and then build at those other positions like massively like get your wide receiver get your quarterback whatever and then you come back around and you get the steal of a you know risky steal looking guy like Javonta Williams that's what makes him a high risk play because now what happens if he doesn't work out and gets you mediocre numbers it gets you flex numbers well now you have him as your running back too so it just depends on how you draft and how you build whether he's high risk for your build or you buy him at low risk and like I, I personally love having Michael Carter, Javonta Williams, Trey Sermon, this platoon of of massive upside that one of those guys, like I almost bet my left leg. Uh, uh, yeah, I bet my left leg. It's worse than my right leg. My left knee has more, more meniscus tears. I would bet my left leg that one of those three guys is like exploding at some point, you know, like win a league potential explosion. But it's a risk. It's a risk. It's um you know, not, not all three. Like, if I had to rank those guys in terms of where I draft him, I'd probably put Carter one because he's more – his path to the lineup is probably shortest. I put Javante Williams two and Sermon three. But I think in terms of what – how they will – how they will produce, like, when my I have to put my balls on the on the line – and I have to, you know, make a decision and get on a plane, let's say. And when I land, the whole season's played out. Like, I, I get I get lost. I'm, I'm in the show lost. I get sent to an island and I come back. I'm probably picking Javonta Williams one in that scenario. If I'm not trying to take into account any kind of team building, how, how am I do? like, will I have somebody that plays week one? Like, if I'm just trying to predict, doesn't matter how it happens or how slow it happens, none of that stuff is involved in my decision. I predict at the end of the day, Javonta Williams is the highest scorer out of all three of them. I think Sermon could be two and Carter could be three. And Javonta Williams, I have on Fantasy Pros, there are hundreds and hundreds of experts on there now. I'm the number one analyst in terms of uh, the uh, the ranking for Javonta Williams. He's at 13. And I know that sounds high, but that's – I. I I, I'm predicting what will happen, and I'm I'm really getting aggressive with my fantasy pro rankings this year, <laughs> because the last few years I've had someone else do it, and they just keep tanking, or they forget it, or I've forgotten it. And it's like so I'm gonna try and I'm gonna try and land a couple of my big name sleepers in it this year. So I put Javonta Williams where I really truly believe he's gonna finish, which is like 13, 14, somewhere around there. It, but it's it's by far the highest by like four or five picks. There's somebody that has him at like 17 and 18 and 19. But I have him at number thirteen, and it's 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 funny to look at. But um, yeah, my plan. This is from Corey in the in the chat here. My plan is to go Javonta next, come back and grab Sermon or Carter or possibly both, but need a wide receiver. Yeah, Judy is the the best wide receiver to get in that range. I love Judy. Um, our throne team, for those that don't that don't know what the fantasy football throne is, I'm sure every one of you in here does, but it's an Instagram league where there's 12 experts involved. I'm one of them, and we go to our following, and when we're on the clock, they draft our team. So I go live. You guys pick my team for me. Um, we all vote together. I try and sway it, you know, be the coach, and, you know, we should do this. It doesn't always work out. Sometimes I get overruled, but that's the, the process. It's fun. And we took Kamara at 1.4. We took Justin Jefferson at 2.09. We took uh, Keenan Allen at 3.04. We 
We took Josh Allen at 4.09. We took Javonta Williams early in the fifth round. We took Jerry Judy in the sixth round. And we took Trey Sermon was our last pick that we made in the seventh round, which everybody's laughing at in the league, which is fine by us. We could care less. Context matters. People observing from the peanut gallery and making little comments and here or there about how that's a stretch, that's too early. They don't have the context that the the top running backs available in this league where everybody snipes running backs in the first, the second, third rounds, they scoop them up. This these twelve, well eleven. These eleven other fantasy football expert pages are very, very, very running back hungry and they scoop them up, running back, running back. They do a lot of that approach. And so in the in the eighth or seventh round the top running backs available, and, and mind you, we only had Javonta Williams and Kamara at this point, were Fournette. Um, who else was there, JP? It's Fournette. It was... Um, uh, Guru had Damian Harris in his poll, and I'm like, how is Harris and Sermon on the same level? Yeah, Sermon is Sermon by far above... Harris in my book. I get it if you like Harris. Like, if there's someone in here who likes Harris a lot and they think he's going to break out, that's fine. There's It's okay to differ on opinions. But my point being that all, every single running back that was available when we were on the clock, and Sermon, Sermon almost won the six-round vote. <laughs> we almost took him in the sixth round. He was the, he was the second-highest vote-getter, and Judy won. But had Judy not gone or won, Sermon would have been drafted in the sixth round. We like him not much in our community. But in the seventh round, uh, because he almost won the vote against Judy, we knew he would be the running back we would probably vote in. And given there was only Fournette, there was Damian Harris, there was, uh, God, it was like the running backs were awful. Rojo. I know some people like Ronald Jones and, and Fournette, although it's weird because so many people are in the Fournette camp. So many are in the Ronald Jones camp. One of those camps is going to be completely off or both of them are going to completely crap the bed. Like, I get it if you like Fournette more. I get it if you like Damian Harris more, but it's not far away, you know? Like, the upside clearly is with Sermon, but there's a risk that he doesn't even play week one much. You know, there's risk there. We're, we're predicting, and we're, we're willing to be patient with that. That could be our flex spot or our bench running back, you know? And, and it's funny that people are making fun of the pick in the other communities when name a player that stands out way, way more. You can't, you can't. And so Sermon, it just depends on the flow of your draft where Sermon needs to go. Cause in the seventh round, it might be early if your running backs are still on the board. But in our case, they weren't, it was Fournette. It was, it was Damian Harris, all decent options, but Sermon can win you a league. Sermon can be a top five to 10 running back. Um, so, you know, it was a, it was a no brainer for, for the majority of our community, but we did have a lot of people upset. Um, you know, as you get deeper into the draft, there's going to be more divide in opinion. And, and when majority barely wins, you know, 60, 60 to 40 on something, you're going to have 40% of the people, you know, just calling for my, my head. Um, Mike says, I like Rojo because of the aggressive runner and some elusiveness. Yeah. But the problem with, yeah, I mean, he's, he's okay. Like you, you, you know, you're right. There's some appeal there, but it's no, the risk is the same as Sermon's risk. The only difference is Rojo, your risk is that he's going to get the job taken from him. Sermon is the risk is how long will it take him to get the job? So I think they're going in different directions. You know what I mean? You know what I mean? I feel like I'd rather have the player that's going to finish strong than potentially not be on the field because Fournette finished strong. Um, JP, what do you, what do you think about um, Rojo Fournette? versus Sermon like you you like Sermon better than either one right yeah because it's like who's gonna start for Tampa Bay I hear Rojo and then I hear people say well Fournette had a great great down the stretch and that's who I think is gonna start but you're really flipping a coin and it's not like you got two capable backs in one backfield that's never a good sign so I would take Sermon he's in the number one running scheme so if he gets in there, which it seems like everyone gets hurt on the Niners, so it's not the craziest thing that he gets in there week three, week four, and then just takes over. Changes the way they run the football. Changes the committee. He could change yeah. everything. So a few picks came in in the throne draft. Um, I think Zach Moss got taken by the expert with his second um, pick of the two. He took A-Rod, I believe, with the first pick of his two back-to-backs. 
Um, I believe, um, I think we're still waiting on, I think the rapper went to bed and we could have picked like three in a row because everybody was waiting and ready, but he was like, I'm not picking tonight. And so, <laughs> so he's, he didn't pick, um, I think Brandon Cooks was before that. I think Damian Harris was before that. Uh, Robbie Anderson, I believe, was before that, if I'm remembering correctly. And so that leaves us like we're a couple picks away. And I don't know how you guys feel about Drake, but Drake is still there. Drake was one guy that I was considering in my mind uh, right around where Sermon is, just because I feel like I feel like he's going to be the number one there. And I don't think Jacobs has what it takes uh, to fend off Drake in the PPR uh, game. So it's going to it's gonna give Drake an upper hand to not only probably share carries, but have a huge edge, if not most all of the PPR work. So in a nutshell, what I'm saying is Drake's going to be the, the majority stakeholder of, of the production from the running back position because of by default he's going to get the PPR work just because Arizona didn't use Drake as a receiver doesn't mean he isn't a good PPR back I think people need to to forgive his receiving uh woes last year and in limitations because the Cardinals didn't throw to him it wasn't his fault they fed him a ton he had a weird season where he was like top five and six in touchdowns and top seven in rushing yards for big strings of the season. And yet his, his fantasy points were low. And it was like, it was frustrating because I really liked Drake heading to, to last year. And I think he did fairly well considering he got hurt and the way the Cardinals used him. I, I feel like he went to probably the second worst place to be misused again. So I'm not excited about his landing spot with the Raiders, but because it's like he, he should have went to like Miami again. <laughs> like he should have went somewhere else where they could use him, man. I'm, I'm really disappointed in his landing spot. But this late, like, do you think Drake is a good running back for us to take, JP? Uh, who else do you see? He's not a bad shot in the dark. I just never – here's what I'll say about Drake. I, you don't see that much guaranteed money to someone that's just going to be a backup. What was it like? Nine, ten million dollars guaranteed. That's a lot. And they see Jacobs every day in practice. They see all the film during the game. So maybe this is, maybe this is a sign to Jacobs like, hey, you, you don't get faster. You don't hit the holes harder. You don't stop doing stupid stuff on social media. We got a capable back right here that we have no problem putting in week one. Yeah. I think he's definitely, definitely one of the better picks here. Um, kind of feels like it, in my opinion. So, you mean starter? Yeah, I mean he he really could be. I I I really like him here. I don't. I'm trying to see who's available. Let me tell you who's available. And if you guys are in the chat, you want to rank these guys. These are the available players. And again, if you don't know what we're talking about, the Throne League is where you, the followers, draft for your your back who you're backing as an expert. So my following is going to draft my team. Um, and every other expert in this, the other 11, they're following, will draft their team. And, and I, I feel like nobody goes live at all to get the poll. Like we, like we do, we do that. I go live on YouTube. I go live on Instagram a lot of times at the same time. And, and no, none of the other 11 experts go live. They just do it in like a discord. And, and the whole point, the reason I created this was so that we'd have huge community involvement. And sometimes it's a little disappointing that some of these pages well, these Instagram pages and communities will grant people discord access and create a private discord war room with trusted people that they think make good calls and judgments. And they literally will get the vote from like 25 people. And, and that's not why I designed it, but they're allowed to do whatever they want. The one rule is you could, you could get your vote however you want. Um, I like to go to the massive amount of people and get it that I can and get the vote. So that's why I, I um, do it the way I do it. So here's here are the top players available. I'm going to go quarterback, even though we don't need a quarterback, just so everybody has a good grasp of who's available. The pick that we're at is 8.02 right now. We're on the clock at 8.04. So, or no, I'm sorry, 8.09. I'm sorry, 8.09. So we're at 8.02. We might even be at like 8.06 by the time I look at this, but I think it's, I think, Brandon Cooks is gone. There's a few of these guys gone, so we might be at 8.06, but we're on the clock at 
Burrow's available. Hertz is available. Tannehill's available. Trevor Lawrence is available. This is redraft. One QB, two running backs, three wide receivers, one flex, one tight end, no kicker, no D, PPR, redraft. Um, one QB. So Burrow's, Burrow's available. We have Josh Allen's. We're, we don't need to go quarterback, but these are the quarterbacks available. Tom Brady, Baker, Lance, Trey Lance, Deshaun Watson, Matt Ryan, um, Fields, like I said, Trevor Lawrence, Stafford. Uh, running backs available. This is where we could end up going running back again. You got Fournette. You got Ronald Jones. I predict one of them or both of them will be gone in the next four or five picks because they've been sitting there a while as the top two running backs available, and I bet you, I bet you they get snagged. But um, Damian Harris, I believe, is already gone. Uh, David Johnson's there. How quick the mighty fall. A.J. Dillon's there. James Connors there. Kenyon Drake. Tony Pollard. I like Drake and Pollard. I want to own both of them. Um, Singletary, Naheem Hines, Gus Edwards, Jamal Williams in Detroit, Alexander Madison, Daryl Henderson, J.D. McKissick, Lat Murray, who we should get later, Kenneth Gainwell, Chuba Hubbard. Um, and, you know, that that's it gets it gets really thin from that point on. I don't see anybody else at all that's worth even mentioning. Um, yeah, I mean, it's, it gets really thin. At wide receiver, the top wide receivers available, Debo Samuel. I think Waddle may have gone. I think Cooks is gone. That's why I say we might be deeper than 8.2. Um, I have to look at all the chats, and, and, and some people aren't submitting the picks. I'm doing it for them. Curtis Samuel, Jarvis Landry, Will Fuller, I believe, is gone. Pittman. Hollywood Brown, Gallup, Ruggs, Bateman, Corey Davis, Beasley, Gage, Devonta Parker, Mike Williams, Elijah Moore, Darnell Mooney. So it's getting it's getting thin there. Um, and why and tight end? This is might be where the value is, guys. Fant, Goddard, Logan Thomas finished number three last year, getting no respect in fantasy drafts. Robert Tunyon getting no respect in fantasy football in 2021 when he finished with 11 TDs and number four overall for all tight ends. Higby in that Rams offense led by Stafford's a good option. Uh, Ingram, Jonu Smith, Irv Smith, um, Gronk, Gronk is there, Cole Komet. I know you like Komet, JP, but we could definitely get him later. What do you think? I mean, is, is, is Logan Thomas or Robert Tunyon the best available player? And what do you think in the chat? We don't have a tight end. Corey Do the people Debo. left of you have a tight end? Um, there are probably five tight, end, four or five tight ends gone. Like Pitts is gone, um, Andrews is gone. So you know, all obviously the other, the big three. So I think there's like five or six tight ends gone. So you know, Tunyon could fall, but then again, he kind of feels like the second or third best tight end option perception wise. I believe he's the number one option left, but perception wise, and that's a part of the process, get a guessing game, trying to figure out who. Who who's uh, available? Debo, Drake, Tunyon, Fant. That's what Corey uh, ranks him. Um, I do I like Debo. Go, I don't think we can go Fant because we already have Javonta Williams and Judy. And I, I want to. I, I don't mind having both Broncos, but I don't know if I want to have three. So I kind of feel like uh, Drake and Tunyon are my my two top options. And I don't know which order yet, but maybe Tunyon because. You know, as soon as Aaron Rodgers returns to, you know, the Green Bay situation full go, gets his contract extension, I bet you a lot of people remember Bobby Boy Tunyon's name right then and there. I bet you they start going, hmm, I forgot this man had 11 touchdowns, finished number four out of all tight ends last year, and Aaron Rodgers loves him and has only Devontae Adams. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I've, I feel like people will jump right on board again. Um, yeah, Fryermuth is, is decent. He's decent. So I'm going to have to say, uh, yeah, I don't mind going Burrow, like, but maybe not yet, man. we got to get these starting positions full or we're going to, people are going to call for our heads. Not with this group of people. Yeah, we, we we do that and it's going to get bad. It's going to get ugly in the chat. We already got ranked as the number one team by one of the opposing teams that is usually, I think, hard on us. They said we're the number one team so far, so. I like that we're hearing that we're doing some good, making some good decisions, even though a lot of the, the, the chat and other audiences like to go to town, making fun of us for our sermon and Javonta Williams picks. Our team's really, really good. Um, That's probably just a fantasy cryptocurrency um, community. 
Yeah, Corey says the Tunyon value, if Rodgers comes back, is huge. I do believe he does. He feels like a top six tight end lock, top four to six. So I'm, I'm really excited. Um, Tariq, are you still in here? Do you have any questions, man? And, again, am I saying that right? Can you in the chat tell me? Just click on the chat down below and tell me if I'm saying your name right. I don't want to keep butchering your name. But it, do I say Tariq? How do you want me to say it? Um, so, yeah, I, I think Drake – what do you think? If you had to rank him in, in, in like, three guys, JP, who are they? Who do, who do we take? Is it Tunyon? Is it Drake? Is it uh, is it Fant? Even though we have what? two – Broncos. Do you have your starting lineup set, everything besides the tight end? No, we, I mean, Sermon technically, we, I don't even know if we can count on him as our flex, you know. So we have three wide receivers. So those that don't know, we have, you start three wide receivers, you start two running backs. Um, and so technically, JP, I guess we do. Like you could say that if Sermon is our flex, and I, you know, I'm pretty connected to the Niner communities and they seem, I know they're excited and they could be biased, but at the same time, they're very loyal, too. And so I feel like some of these communities are saying that Sermon's going to get a bunch of work in week one, that they're being, they're very loyal to, like, Detroit. they're very loyal to Mostert, and, you know, so for them to say it makes me feel like it's possible. But, so if you are, so you start two running backs, three wide receivers, and a flex, and a tight end, and one quarterback, we've got Josh Allen, we've got Kamara and Javonta Williams at running back one and two. Our wide receivers are Justin Jefferson, Keenan Allen, and Jerry Judy. Our flex is Sermon. So technically, you could say we have all of our starters, but do we draft Drake to secure the Sermon-Drake flex spot? Or if Javonta Williams and Sermon both crap the bed, we've got Drake, at least until one of them can surface? Or do we go with Tunyon and say, let's get the best player at the at their position, a guy that can be top five at their position? And at tight end, that could be rare. Or do we go Logan Thomas? I kind of feel like it's between Logan Thomas, um, not in any particular order, but Logan Thomas, Tunyon, and Drake. I don't really feel like there's another option, other another way to go. Debo. Debo. Yeah, yeah Debo. That's a good, good point. Um, Debo could be that. a decent flex this year, too. So that's why I think and I'm – Yeah, Corey. You know, Tunyon, Thomas, one of those probably fall to your – Ninth round pick, right? Well, yeah, we only have to wait seven spots for the next pick. But I don't know, man. I mean, I think I think as as you you make a good point of do we have our spots full, our starting spots, and a lot of these teams will feel that they do. So the first thing they're going to do, man, is turn to a tight end. And I think in in round nine, it will be tight end run one, two, you know, two of the top four overall picks in round nine and we're picking fourth could be tight ends, you know, so I could see Fant, Goddard, um, then that would be good because then Logan Thomas or Tunyon would fall. So it's possible. It's possible. Um, Jared Cook's another attractive late grab. Like uh, I don't want to do that. <laughs> maybe he doesn't have anything left, but if he does, I think Herbert's going to pull it out of him. Man, I think I think I think he could be a decent option, but I want I want Bobby Boy Tunyon. I think Logan yeah, I Thomas. You just get your tight end this round, and then it's not like Debo is this wide receiver one. These last two years been dominating football. He's been hurt every year, so you never. It's not like he's a lock. You lock in a top five tight end. That's going to be an advantage. And you figure what out about, what you can next round. But what about Drake though? Like, how do we pass on the on the idea of Drake potentially? You know, like you like you said, and like I've said tons of times, he's getting paid technically as a low end starter. Like, how do we pass on? And Jacobs is a head case. Like, for those that don't know my history with Jacobs, he blocked me on all social media. No, that's not why I don't like him. It just proves the point that he's he's a head case right now, in my opinion. Uh, but he's trying to fight people, you know, during the season, like meet me at the stadium on social media. He put the, the address to the, the stadium on a bunch of stories and in some tweets because people were going at him because he decided to screw with them one week. I forget what week it was, but he said he was sitting and all the news wires reported it because he on Instagram. He says, I'm not playing today. Sorry, guys, or something like that. I'm paraphrasing, but he's like, sorry, championship I'm week. No, it was earlier in the year. But he said, I'm not playing. I'm sorry. And so 
everybody's like, oh my God, what do I do? And he got benched in, in, in huge percentages of leagues because people didn't, they didn't think it was a joke. And, and it ended up being a blessing in disguise for about 90% of the people that benched him because he dropped a freaking dud. And, and so a lot of people would, they went at him hardcore and they said, Jacobs, you idiot, you moron. Like, I'm never trusting you again. I'm never drafting you again. Thank God you said you weren't playing because I started so-and-so and and they went nuts. I started so-and-so and and they scored more than you. I got five more points because you said you weren't playing. You bum. People were so mad at him. And then on social media, on one of his stories, he put the, the bird emoji and said, F your fantasy. And it just got worse and worse and worse. So if you don't know the history behind that, there was some reasoning why I don't trust him this year. And I feel like his head is not in the right place, which I believe is maybe why they brought Drake in is because the dude isn't, you know, maybe where he needs to be headspace wise. Like, I, I mean, I, I think he's, uh, he's on a void for me. I'm not going near him. Bringing in Drake was, was a, was a bad, bad thing for his value. Um, how do I feel about Henry or Joe new? I'm kind of not staying. I'm kind of staying clear of both of them. Cause I feel like they could destroy each other's value. Corey, but it wouldn't shock me if one of them was really good. I would say I watch Hunter Henry. Just watch the next doing? couple of days because Smith is hurt right now. Yeah, but they're both injury prone. They both could get. Yeah, hurt, I know. You know. I don't like. I don't like drafting any Patriots, let alone a tight end committee. Bro, give me Bobby Boy Tunyon. I, I really think Tunyon is is. Um, I'm going to try and look up his, his game log real quick and talk to you guys about Tunyon. But Tunyon was – he was used a lot here and there in the beginning of the year, but he wasn't, like, trusted fully, and he was kind of coming into his own. So I don't even know that looking at his game log last year is, is fair. It's not a, a, an exact depiction. He didn't, like, get any playing time or, like, targets in week one. And in week two, he caught a touchdown, but he only got targeted tw- uh, three times. So, like, you start counting his stats in week two, right? But he wasn't fully unleashed yet, and he still scored a touchdown. Then in week three, he got five targets, 50 yards, and a touchdown. So in weeks two and three, back-to-back touchdowns. And then in week uh, week four, so this is his third game. So he had one touchdown in week two, which was his first game. One touchdown in week three, which is, was his second game. And his third game, which was in week four, he had six targets, Six reception, he, cu- he caught all six of them, 98 yards and three touchdowns. Then they had a bye week. And then, you know, you had some mediocre play for one, two, three, four, five straight games. But then Robert Tunyon turned it on again, week 11 on, scoring a touchdown in week 11, week 12, week 13, week 14, week 15. Didn't score in week 16, but scored in week 17 and also scored in week 20 in the playoffs. So the guy had a freaking... A massive amount of touchdowns in 20, uh, 21, uh, 2020, 11 TDs. So I don't think that's including that playoff one. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven. Yeah. So we had 12 TDs last year if you include the playoffs, uh, but 11 during the season. And I mean, one was at Chicago, one was at Carolina, Detroit, Philly, Chicago. It wasn't like, you know, he just was lighting up. He did light up Atlanta, though, with a three-TV game. <laughs> but, but I don't know, man. I, lo- I love him. I love him. I think Tanyan's going to be great. I think – and if you draft on Sleeper, guys, on the Sleeper app, uh, he's not showing up on Dynasty tight ends. So he's in the wide receiver category for whatever reason. So people don't draft him. And then when the wide receivers get too thin, like way down in the draft, like the 90s and 100s, you see Tunyon kind of rise up, and you're like, what the? And then people are like, crap, Tunyon's available, and then they draft him. So if you're smart and you don't let him climb up the wide receiver ranks too high, you can scoop him up, and everyone will say, where was he? <laughs> it's like the the cheat code for, for tight end in 2021 on the Sleeper app. Um, all right, guys, that's going to probably do it. Uh, JP, any final thoughts? I appreciate everybody jumping in. we got a full house here, this, this Instagram um, uh, Spotify room that we've created, uh, chat where I'm going to let you guys know when I go live is beautiful because it's going to have you guys filling this room up. You can ask your questions. You can get immediate assistance. You can come up on stage and talk. Um, I hope more of you want to do that next time. 
But I uh, appreciate everybody that reached out and wanted to be a part of this. A lot of people didn't do it because they think they need to do, you know, do something or buy something. Like I'm literally just trying to get people into this chat uh, and into the live stream so that the, the podcast can have live viewers and then also the replay value. So, uh, JP, any final thoughts? All I'd say is when you do the poll, make sure you don't go live with any Niner people. If you put Debo in the poll, then it's going to be 90% Debo. Yeah, that's a that's a good point. That's a good point. Um, like I might you, have to... If you go live with Dr. Rogers and you're like, hey, vote, we're yeah. between Debo, Tunyon, and Drake. Yeah. Like, I, I, Debo. Could, I could literally put a poll up of Jimmy Garoppolo and he'd win the vote <laughs> like over anybody available if we get too many Niner people in there. That's a good point. All right, guys, I appreciate it. Uh, Corey, appreciate you. Um, and uh, JP, uh, I will uh, – maybe we'll do this again tomorrow or the next night or something. So keep keep uh, keep tabs. I'll try and let you know. I'm not sure. Are you checking that other chat or do I need to send you a separate message? No, I'm checking the okay. green room chat. All right, guys. And for those listening on the replay, go to Spotify green room app on your uh, just go to the app store on your phone and search spotify space green room all one word green room download it it's free add me find me under fantasy space football uh my username is fantasy football but when you search for people if you toggle over to people you just enter fantasy space football i'll show right up as the first option follow me that way you get alerts when i go live but also, if you're listening to this, DM me on Instagram at the Fantasy Football Show on Instagram. DM me and say, put me in your your IG, Instagram, Spotify alert, chat room club or whatever you know, however you want to word it. And then th- that way you get a, a link sent to you when I'm live, and you can jump right in like these guys did. We got Corey, we got Tariq, we got Fantasy Football Rush, we got Cor- uh, another Corey, we got two Coreys, and Mike and JP. So uh, nice little late night crew in here on a live. And then this, this will be replayed guys. So you can listen to it tomorrow, maybe tonight. Appreciate you later, JP. This is the fantasy football show with your host, Smitty. Top five running back. You're watching the Fantasy Football Show. I'm Smitty!